0: Welcome to Make It Count, living a legacy life where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God, and that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so happy today to introduce you to my online friend, Marnie Swedberg. She is in charge of a huge organization, which has been on hold a little bit. Not really. God is doing things. We just don't see it. Right, Marnie? uh, WomenSpeakers.com. A friend told me years ago to sign up uh, Mm -hmm. because my passion is speaking. As those of you who know me, that's what really makes me excited to speak about Jesus. Um, And she is like a big leverage to help women who, like me, love to speak. So, Marnie, tell me a little bit, first of all, about your family. You live in Florida right now. Tell me about your family and then about your ministry, and then we're going to talk about legacy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Been married to Dave for 37 years, coming up on this August, and uh, we have three adult children. Mark, Karen, and Tim, and our daughter Karen is married and gave us a little granddaughter a couple years ago. So we live very close to them and see them about once a week. And then our boys, uh, Mark and Tim, are still single. They are working um, kind of close together, but not in the same company out in utah and so a uh, beautiful country out there and so we get to go visit them and excited to see them but uh homeschool the kids uh, k oh. through 12 and uh just love loved my time with them as children and love my time with them as adults
0: now how did you homeschool and run a restaurant
1: I know, right? Well, fortunately, God didn't bring that into our lives until they were all oh, past fifth grade. Oh. And um, the first, it was funny because we bought the restaurant and after three months of owning this restaurant, uh, Dave, my husband said to me, so how's it going with oh, would you running the restaurant and homeschooling? And I said, one of them has to go. So uh. I don't know what we're going to do here, but one of them has to go. And so he said, no, neither of them get to go away. But what we're going to do is we're going to institute a Send Marnie Home bonus. And so he instituted a bonus plan for our staff at the restaurant that if they could keep me out of there, they would get a bonus. And oh, so if they would wow. learn to do all the jobs that I could do there, they would do all those jobs and get me out of there, they'd get a bonus and it worked. And so I was able to be home enough and still manage from home. We lived. Um, we had a restaurant and a retail store and our home, and our church, and everything was one mile from where we live, just like a triangle kind of thing, and oh. so I was able to manage both businesses from home, while homeschooling, and still, of course, managing womenspeakers.com, but it was, it was oh. an extremely busy season, of 14 years. It was super busy season of life.
0: Now, what gave you the vision to launch uh, womenspeakers.com?
1: That was totally a God thing. I was just minding my own business and there was this blue clickable U.S. map that came in my brain. And I was like, what is that doing in my brain? And pretty soon I understood that it was was supposed to be a place where planners could come and find speakers who lived near them because uh, there were bureaus out there for speakers from California and the big cities. But uh, sometimes a small town, um, maybe just a gal in a church of 200 or 500 or even a church of 50 would want to have a mother daughter tea or something like that. And they needed a speaker and they didn't know how to find them. Sure. You know, once you went through the people you knew and the people that they knew, then you were out of luck. And so yeah. uh, God said, we just need this in the world. And so he asked me to do it. And I'm like, I can't, well, I don't know how to do anything. And he's, and I had, my first book had come out with St. Martin's Press. And so I knew how to build a very simple website for myself and so he said can you build a map With a link to you as the speaker. Just do that. And I thought, well, okay. So I kind of jumped in the deep end and I figured that out. And then right away, another speaker found it and said, can I be part of this? And that's how it just grew word of mouth. And it just went and now, you know, well over, well, I was 2002. So coming up on 20 years here. And also over a thousand speakers, thousands of planners, and lots of years. And like you said, right now during COVID, it's just so sad to see it so quiet, but it'll come back. and I know a lot of you can really relate to that too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What is, uh, what gives you the most joy, <clears throat> the joy in running that organization, womenspeakers.com?
1: Oh my goodness. I don't know what gives me the most joy. Um, <clears throat> I think for one thing, meeting the speakers like you, so um, Christian women speakers are among the most talented Um, dedicated God lovers on the planet. Mm. And I say that, I say that, I mean, I I know so many women that aren't speakers who are also that way, but speakers tend to have lived through a lot of really tough stuff. They have amazing stories to tell and are willing to tell it. And then also uh, they're just so incredibly dedicated. Like there was um, one time I was talking to a speaker, Carol, and she's, she was telling me that um, she had broken both of her arms. So she'd broken both of her elbows. Um, she'd hit, she'd fallen in such a way that her elbows hit. Her. And mm-hmm. she broke both arms, she had both arms in a cast. Nice. And I said, oh no. And I knew that she had a bunch of just back-to-back <clears throat> retreats and speaking engagements. And I said, what did you do? And she goes, I went, I just took somebody with you. And I said, you did your speaking engagements? She goes, well, I don't need my arms to talk. So,
0: <laughs> because anyway, she's not Italian. <laughs>
1: That's always my story about speakers tenacity. Um, You know, they're just some of the most amazing people in the whole world. So I suppose if I had to pick something, that might be it.
0: Now you yourself, you've traveled the world speaking. What's your favorite thing to speak about?
1: Oh, I love to speak about transformation. Just Mm -hmm. and to me, the thing that just uh turns my crank, I suppose, the most, and God created me this way is to just watch light bulbs just come on in women's eyes as they recognize something that they did not understand about how much God loved them or about how uniquely they were made or about how you know He has so forgiven you, even the stuff you haven't even done yet. Mm -hmm. He forgave it all, it's all in the past, it's all before you were born that He forgave it all on the cross. So, there's just nothing. Thing you can do to separate from this God who loves you so much and so I love to teach healing and training um, how to share that with other women and so when I travel yeah, you know, last year I got to circumnavigate the globe all by myself I, I didn't have a travel companion just me and God going all the way around the whole world and spoke about 40 times in six, uh, six conferences oh. in four, con- four countries two continents. <laughs> so it's wow. really fun.
0: Wow. So fun. I, you know your speaker when you say that and you say it was really fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Some people would rather die or they would rather than die. Speak. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, One time I, did, I just love it.
0: <laughs> of my friend, uh, somebody challenged me and they said, so what does your husband think about you leaving and speaking all the time? Yeah. Uh, and I said, I don't know. I guess I should ask him. So I said, <laughs> Mark, does it bother you that I leave and go and speak? He goes, just don't ask me to come. <laughs> Right, just don't make, make it. me do it. <laughs> that's right. So that's how right. we're made uh, to marry right. different right. type of people. Mm-hmm. So, what legacy do you want to pass down to those who know and love you? Wow, big question,
1: isn't it? I just, yeah, I you know the, the first, I have I had written some books before, um, like women's ministry guide and retreat planning guide and scavenger handbook and a kitchen shortcuts, and then I wrote a devotional called um, "Feeling Loved: How to Connect with God in the Minutes You Have." Mm -hmm. And that came in response to a lot of gals were saying, how do you find time for God? Because, you know, my life was so insanely busy. Mm -hmm. And I really just couldn't even understand the question, Sue, because I can't, I can't make it a couple hours without God. (laughs) I can't without consciously being aware of his presence in my life and tapping into his resources to make it through the day. So I wrote that book, Feeling Loved, because I think that's probably my legacy. This relationship with God is so much more, it's not a to-do list. And it's not him saying, get up every day and go struggle your way through for, for me. It's him saying, "I want to live my life through you," and so that was the follow-up book. Then they're like, "Okay, I get that part now, but like, how do you actually do it?" And so, the analogy—there's uh, many analogies in the in the flow-through vessel book, but the one that everybody seems to really just relate to so much is the straw and how we are like a straw. And whatever we're getting, whatever our source is, you know, you could say whether it's fresh water or whether it's um, toxic poison, whatever our source is, when someone else comes into our, into our sphere of influence and they suck on our life, basically, what are they getting? And they're either getting God or they're getting me Mm. or else they're getting, you know, like, like really terrible toxic me. Mm. And I just want them to get Jesus all the time. So in, in this life then, we have this amazing ability to not do it ourselves for God, but to let God do it through us. And that just removes all of the pressure and the stress to perform because you cannot perform when you're a straw. <laughs> you just can't. Right. You can either let him flow through you or you can let you flow through you or try to be like somebody else to let that flow through you, whatever it is.
0: I love that uh, analogy. And I'm going to Quote you, I'll write about you. That is just <laughs> such a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And also, we're going to list the names of your books in the show notes because you do speak rapidly, Marnie. Marnie you've probably been told that <laughs> I <before>. do. <laughs> but it reminds me of what Oswald Chambers wrote, where he he said that we want to make our lives so that other people are hungry for God. And yes. you did it in a drinking for formula, but he said hunger or thirst. Are you so thirsty? that I will? Mm-hmm. I want people when they are after they've left me, even if I haven't articulated. God's name, even in their presence, right. that they would be right. hungering and thirsting after a relationship yeah. with God. And then our next step is, who knows, the Holy Spirit will lead us and to know what to say. Well, this is uh, a great legacy. And how are you currently doing that?
1: Well, I have, I, I have a lot of online um, presence, you know, at the social networks, which actually during this COVID shutdown, um, God's been teaching me so much more about how to communicate better online with people through these um, channels. So Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and LinkedIn and Pinterest and Instagram and all of this, you know, is just so, so much to learn. And one of the things as the host of WomenSpeakers.com is that I'm always trying to stay a little bit ahead of the curve on this so that I can train the speakers how to, you know, how to increase their, your sphere of influence, Sue, and everybody else's. So it's been a really steep learning curve, but incredibly, uh, because the website has been so quiet, you can't really plan events very much right now with COVID shutdowns yet. And so I've had time to deep dive into those in a new way that I haven't before. And then of course for me you know I've written 13 books and I go and speak and so there's just lots of ways but another thing I've been doing recently I've written several songs and I had a CD that came out probably close to 20 years ago now, with some original songs. And then I've been writing songs in between that have just been me and God uh, mm. singing them. But I've been putting some of those on my YouTube channel. So it's been really fun to get, um, get to share some of those mm. publicly again after a long time of just um, singing them with Jesus.
0: It's interesting because we are forced to do things that we used to do or a new thing because we can't do what we really want to do, which is to speak or whatever it is. And it's funny, you mentioned music. I was a soloist. In fact, that's what people thought of me. They didn't think of me as a speaker or a teacher or a writer as before I blogged because I would sing special. We used to have special music in our church. We don't anymore. Right. Um, And I haven't soloed maybe in three years. And so old friends want to know why that's not going on i don't even think about it because i would always sing at people's weddings but my brother is a musician and he just recorded a beautiful little intro one minute uh call to worship for his church on zoom Mm -hmm. because they weren't meeting and then i put it on my newsletter and it's such a blessing and he's coming through to visit Next Monday, oh. so I said, "Hey, can we do some recording? And I'll sing yes. uh, with this equipment I have. And I'm not sure why, maybe just for posterity, but I may put it on what you're saying as well. So thank you for yeah. that encouragement. Yeah, make um, a little playlist. <laughs> a playlist. Oh gosh, that sounds so um. Well, it sounds so scary, it but it's so
1: not. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> what you do? Okay, here's how I learn everything yeah. now. Almost either I hire a coach if it's too hard, but otherwise I just go. I tell, I go to. I go to Google. Okay. And I type in what I want to learn Mm -hmm. and then I type in just YouTube, not youtube.com, but YouTube.
0: Okay. And
1: then I see what comes up and of course videos are going to come up and then I pick like the shortest one. If they can teach me how to do this in two minutes or less, I know they know what they're doing. If they take 15 minutes, I think, you know, I don't even think you know how to describe what you're doing here. (laughs) So I just look for the really short ones and that's what I go. And I can you can learn anything. Now it's just the most amazing thing. (laughs) Now why
0: YouTube and not YouTube.com?
1: If you go to YouTube.com, the search engine just functions a little bit differently than at Google. And I tend to just get better results when I, even though Google owns them both, I tend to get just better results for me Hmm. when I look at Google.
0: I love it that it's two minutes or less because I don't like to learn things online, and so if it's short, I'll, okay, I can. You maybe can it. do it. You yeah, that's maybe. why I even put when my brother's song I record. I said this is one minute. I want you I to know in that. advance. I you could listen to the Holy Spirit for <laughs> one minute. You can do this. <laughs> uh, now we've been talking about the obstacles of COVID, but yeah. what about personal ob- obstacles or challenges that you had to overcome personally before you could tell other people how much God loved them? Because that's your legacy.
1: Wow. Well, I came to know Christ as a four-year-old, and so I don't have a big, hairy, bad, <laughs> bad history to share with you. However, at four years old, even at four years old, I knew that I was naughty, <laughs> that I needed a savior, and that I could not be good enough to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And so if a four-year-old can figure that out, you guys, if you haven't yet faced this fact that you're not perfect, uh face it today Mm because you're not perfect you've done things wrong and we all need a savior and so there's that uh we had i suppose one of the most difficult things that we had recently um definitely not the most difficult thing but our retail store that we bought we bought it the year before um the big recession set in and uh it it never worked it just we bought this store we invested so much money and we bought this store and it was just climbing climbing Mount Everest every day for 10 years and just losing a money hand over fist and we it took I said it was so big I had 12 departments it took me two years just to see every process one time 128 vendors and 50,000 individual SKUs and we didn't we weren't underneath anybody so we had to figure everything every end cap every display every mm. shelf had to be figured out by ourselves and we'd never done retail before so <laughs> it was quite the quite the uphill battle and then toward the end we recognized that it wasn't going to make it that it was not going to survive in the economy well we had we had to spend over hundred thousand dollars brought in a Christian bookstore right before Amazon released the Kindle. Um, we had brought in a coffee shop, you know, it was another almost hundred thousand dollars to bring in this coffee shop right before another coffee shop opened up the street. Uh, the only the second one in our town, mm. and so and this is kind of the story of our yes. time there. And it, the store was called Solutions S O U L Solutions, and it was just this most wonderful store. And it was so difficult the whole time. And people would say, "How do you like?" solutions because we had so much fun working there. And uh, I would always have to do this little box thing. Mm -hmm. I'd put the money in the box and I'd go like this in my brain and I'd Mm -hmm. say, we love it. We we love the employees. We love the customers. We love the vendors. We love everything about it, except the money, but we, everything else (laughs) about it, we love. So we just kept working at it, working at it. And finally, in the end um, we needed to shut it down. And then we had the problem. We didn't want to sell it because there was too much retail in our small town. We couldn't, in good faith, we couldn't sell it. It wasn't going to work for anybody. Mm-hmm. And so we needed to, we clearanced it. And then we had this humongous building, And now we couldn't get out of the building, Sue. We were stuck Mm. with this multi-hundred thousand dollar building that we could not get out of. And we couldn't get it rezoned. And we had ideas, but it wouldn't Mm -hmm. work. And people would come in and they'd have ideas and they couldn't get zoning for that. And it was terrible. We couldn't walk away. We couldn't stay. We couldn't do anything. And I started about two years in advance. I started praying this prayer that God would send the perfect buyer on the perfect day in the perfect way with the perfect pay. And we ended up losing our shirts on the building, but coming out okay overall, it was a miracle. And um, a buyer came in and bought that building, And you know, that they still haven't done anything with it. It's oh, still sitting empty. Wow, wow. They just bought it so we could leave. I mean, it was just a God thing. So Can whatever. Repeat it- that P
0: thing again. The perfect person. Perfect- <laughs> it was the perfect buyer on the perfect
1: day in the perfect way with the perfect pay. <laughs> and I when think- I say perfect, I I pray a lot for perfection, and I know that that doesn't look perfect to me. Like I would have rather had the full value of the building when we sold it, mm-hmm. but the reality that it was the perfect amount from God's perspective, and that's really all I ever care about in the end. Even though I tend to think I care about a lot more than that. In the end, what's needed is what God deems perfect for our lives. So perfect pay, perfect day, perfect way with the perfect buyer. And so anyway, um, that's whatever you're facing in your life that seems hopeless and like you can't get out of it. and it's Or it's just from the get go, whatever this ministry is or whatever this idea is, or maybe it's even a child or a marriage partner, whatever it is that you've got going that just seems hopeless in Mount Everest every single day. Just know that God is with you and that he can bring good out of even the most difficult things. And that at some point you will have relief from that might not be today might not be this year but at some point you will have relief and it just it isn't going to stay the same however it is today it's not going to stay the same mm-hmm, so just yeah. keep looking on i say eyes off the waves and on to jesus <laughs> yeah
0: i i think that we learn more about our faith and who god is when we have to struggle those mount ephras times so at at this point aren't you glad that you went through that 10-year trial <laughs> Or not? Can you say you're glad? Oh
1: oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, and you know, God, the, the promise is that God can bring good out of everything. Now it's not that he does bring good out of everything, because if you don't give it to him, if you insist on managing it all yourself and, and, and not letting him help, you know, he gives you the right to say, no, thank you. But if you want him to, if you give it to him, pain garbage whatever it is he wants to bring good out of that and so there's always that hope for us that we can no matter what we're experiencing today that we can give it to Jesus
0: and he will bring something good which is just the hope uh, the hope <laughs> so much hope <laughs> so much hope and that's what everybody needs we do today and when you say you knew you needed saving when you were 4 i have yeah. met young people in their 30s who don't think they need saving and i right, think I know. it's because they Think well. I'm not as bad as the next person. How do you answer that? And we're going to close with this because you've we've oh. li- left us with such good hope. But how do you answer that when they say, "Well, oh. I don't think I need a savior"? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You ever so come it's, across someone it's, like that? It's who you're comparing yourself to. So uh, if you're if you're a judge sitting behind the bench, every person who comes through his courtroom, there's somebody probably worse than that person, right? But because he is bringing the law to that person in that situation, he has to say, I know you're not a murderer, but you did just vandalize or you did just steal or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So he has to give them the court's response to that. God is a just God. He has to give us a guilty verdict when we are not perfect, because that's the standard is perfection. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, if you, I just wrote a three series, um, Amazon short reads uh, this year called the heaven trilogy. And I go way into this, but if you can imagine heaven with no standards or maybe just a bar that's not quite as high as a different bar. It's not heaven. That's not heaven. Heaven is perfection. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we're talking about praying for God's perfect, that's, what, that's bringing heaven down to earth in God's way as he does on earth in the middle place. So you've got heaven, perfection. You've got hell, terrible. And then you've got the middle place, which is earth. This is the choosing place right here. Mm-hmm. So we can either say, I can earn my own way to perfection in heaven, which means you aren't going there because God just wants people there who love him and trust him and are perfect through Jesus Christ. Not that we're perfect, but through Jesus Christ, we are assigned to perfection. And hell is the place where everybody goes who doesn't want to hang out with God on earth. I mean, basically, if you don't want to be with him on earth, why, do, why would he want you to be with him forever? You're making a choice. And so then heaven, though, is reserved for those who have chosen to recognize, I so don't deserve this. I deserve hell. Mm -hmm. and there is a Jesus who died on the cross for my sins to pay the way so that I could spend an eternity in this perfect place with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and with others who have chosen to recognize
0: I need all the help I can get. Thank you. So well said. Marnie, if someone has a question about what you you just explained, maybe about salvation, about heaven, about their own uh, naughtiness, and about the (laughs) fact that Jesus is the only way, uh, how can they reach you?
1: Uh, My website is just marnie.com. My name, M-A-R-N-I-E.com. And um, you can check out, if you do the Find It Fast, you can see everything there, including the Heaven Trilogy, which really goes into detail about this. And it is that's why I wrote it, is because so many people think God's a bad God for sending people to hell. Guys, he isn't sending anybody to hell. Mm -hmm. He wants everybody to come to heaven. He's a consuming fire. If you try to get into his space without the covering of Jesus, you'll get incinerated. You have to have the covering of Jesus in order to get into the space where God lives. Mm -hmm. And so instead of him sending you to hell, basically you're choosing to think that you can get through it yourself. And I use the, in the book, I use the analogy of the astronauts. They can't come into the earth's atmosphere without the covering of the shuttle. Mm -hmm. They would burn up, Mm -hmm. but because they have the covering of the shuttle, they can come in. And so that's the same thing. So choose Jesus, choose him now, choose him forever, but choose Jesus. And yeah, if you want to learn any more, just my website, marnie.com.
0: Thank you. This has been a delight. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sue. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at WelcomeHeart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.